0: yo welcome to another episode of bird protocol part two of our 2023 bird report it is uh, one of your hosts palm reader i'm here with my co-host and pal otis morris otis are you ready to talk about movies
1: and television I am so ready this is the episode i've been preparing for i have lists upon lists i'm a little bit more lax with music and video games cuz those are just things i very much like just enjoy passively and well more, more, more i guess don't play games passively but you know what i mean i'm very much more passionate about uh movies and television this is kind of the shit that i live for um so i i i I got oh go ahead yeah that's what i was gonna say it was a very strong year a lot of amazing shit came out this year uh movies there's so many good movies um and yeah a lot of great shows a lot of great shows that came to an end um but yeah we're gonna talk about all that so yeah yeah i'm good i was gonna say the same thing that it was
0: a very strong year um we had I think we we spoke about this on another episode, or maybe it was just us talking normally, but you know, this year felt like the a real return to the kind of standard output of of film and, and television, uh, after mm-hmm. a couple of years of things being very, very sparse and lots of stuff being pushed and lots of stuff, even with the strike uh in in this year, which I think will feel the effects of going into 2024 but this but even with the the strikes this past year the slate was very full there was still a lot of stuff that came out and um and uh a lot of uh just kind of a return to the normal uh deluge of content which after 3 years of not having a lot um seemed nuts to me mm-hmm. um but So there's plenty of things I haven't seen, um, but a lot of things that I have. Uh, And I think that you saw a few more of the things that I wanted to see, but didn't get a chance to see or have just recently seen. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a a really, it's going to be really good. Kind of, we're going to overlap on some things. And then there's going to be stuff that you're going to talk about that I have yet to see. And some stuff that I like that are more genre stuff that, or more kind of pop film stuff that you may not mm. bring up. So I think it's, it's going to be a good mix. Again, we're not talking about what we feel is, I guess, objectively the best, because art is subjective. Much like the last episode, we've just made a list of mm-hmm. things we liked a lot and would like to talk about. Um, yeah. So, again, if there's anything we've missed, or anything that you think we should check out, or, um, you know, you agree or disagree or whatever, you can you get can yeah contact us using the contact box on spotify hit us up on instagram or send us an email or whatever um but we're gonna we're gonna go straight into it i don't think there's much uh we're not
1: gonna dance around this too much no um let's let's get into movies let's let's
0: get freaky want to get into the movies yeah let's start with movies
1: then um because my movies i was i was even though you're just saying you know kind of it's, it's lists. I do have like a definitive ranking because I've been meticulously letterboxing everything this past year. So follow me on Letterbox. Otis Moore's dude. I uh, I log everything and I rank everything. I rate everything. And occasionally I do write reviews. And you know some of them are pretty good reviews. I would say there's some funny ones. There's some very serious reviews on there. There's some reviews that have nothing to do with the movie I'm reviewing. But uh. You know, if you're into that shit, follow me there. But since I rated and logged everything, I was able to like go back and be like, oh, yes, that was how I felt about that. And I was able to kind of like create a placement of it. So mine will be more of like, I guess, a top 10 ish. You can do yours however you want to do it. We're very loose here. We don't really have a format. so whatever
0: well and i think that one of the that my microphone just did something really weird um i think that one of the things that'll work is that there will be i'm sure probably a large portion of it will be um shared uh so a lot of the stuff that we'll talk about in your top 10 will kind of clear the way for some of my honorable mentions uh and and i'm sure you have some as well Um, so yeah, we're gonna take it, we're gonna do we're just gonna do it bird style. Um, Mm -hmm. why don't you start with your top ten and then I will give uh give mine or my ten
1: suggestions or whatever. All right, so I'll go from 10 to number one. Um so and then I also have a bunch of honorable mentions as well, which were also all very good movies, you know, for the number like nine. Like I have a top fifteen, really, is what I actually do have. But uh, I'll just start at ten, and then I'll leave the other five as honorable mentions because I think you'll mention some of the honorable mentions. So I'll leave those for you. I'm pretty sure you'll probably talk about at least two of them. Um, So for me, at number ten, it was a movie that we kind of used as a talking point a lot this year in comparison uh, to you know more bigger larger studio things and we use this one as sort of an example of letting you know just letting the man cook letting people do whatever the fuck they want to uh so ari aster's "Bo is afraid is my number 10 pick it was just just an incredibly unique film it was a little bit little little long but and the third act was eh, it was the weakest part of the film but in terms of in terms of creativity and, and letting an auteur, uh do what they want to do, somebody who's only previously made two films to critical acclaim, just absolute genius films, Hereditary and Midsummer. Uh, you know, some people very divisive as well. There's people that absolutely hate those movies. I'm just like, well, fuck you. I don't care. It sucks to suck. <laughs> yeah, sucks to suck, dude. I don't know. Sorry, you don't like cults. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, this movie was just batshit crazy front to back and, um, was just a nice, it's just nice to see so many different ideas put into one thing and, you know, Joaquin Phoenix fucking smashed it. That first act is one of the wildest things I've ever seen. Um, yeah, uh, yeah I don't know do you do you have anything to add about this movie so
0: this is a movie that's on my short list of things that I still have yet to watch because I didn't catch okay. it in theaters um and I would like to watch it in a way that that the filmmaker gets some money even if it's like a portion of a streaming payment or something and I think it's only available on Paramount plus so. Uh, I've been I've been looking for ways to see it or I might just wind up renting it, um, but I have not yet seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that was one of the I think there's five or six movies on my list that are movies that I haven't seen yet from the year that I would really, really like to see. Um, but I I just haven't gotten around to it. I mean, there's more movies than that that I would like to see, but kind of mm-hmm. bigger uh things that have been in our in, in our wheelhouse or in our conversations or have come up with friends or things like that that I just I haven't seen that one yet. Um but I'm sure based on well one of the movies that's on my list of things that I enjoyed this year that I is also a very divisive film, which we'll circle back around to um mm-hmm. similar kind of psychosexual horniness. Uh, that I, I, that is very divisive. Uh, and, and if, since I like that one, I, I will probably like, Oh, is afraid. Um, and, and I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, that, yeah, that's all I can, all I can really say. I mean, we are going to do a lazy bird next week to do some stuff that we, need to catch up on still in some recent developments and yada 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 so maybe i'll try and watch it for that all right what's number nine on your list
1: uh number nine uh teenage Mutant ninja turtles Mutant mayhem talked about this one a couple a few times uh, this year i think mentioned it it's just really cool uh, i think if you're a fan of like the uh, spider-verse movies this is kind of like the in terms of animation kind of like the punk rock version of those movies it's just real cool like the the director jeff rowe said that he wanted it to be like uh like your middle school notebooks like you know drawing band logos on it doing like just cool letters and stuff like i would always draw like the slipknot logo and like the blink 182 like smiley face and shit like that like and it really comes through in like it looks like it really looks like that it really just it just has different layers going on and it's just really cool and there's the voice acting is awesome like they got actual teenagers to be the teenagers so many times it's not even teenagers playing teenagers so you know Jackie Chan as fucking Master Splinter that's fucking gangster um Seth Rogen wrote produced it it was came through you know it has very much a lot of his writing style and you know I like Seth Rogen I uh, love Seth Rogen actually it's awesome um the music Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, fucking sick, and it's kind of it has like some punk rock stuff on it. Like it's it's so cool, uh, yeah. And just there's so many enemies in it. You know, that's always the best thing about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was always the assortment of enemies. Just, just yeah, it, it's it's bonkers. It's fun. Um, yeah, check it out. Uh, I think it's on like Paramount Plus if you have that. So watch it there if you can, because I used my week-long free uh, trial specifically to watch this movie so uh, yeah if you haven't seen it go get a free trial somewhere and watch it Uh,
0: that's one that I've actually seen and I thoroughly enjoyed it Uh, I did not include it on my list because another animated film uh, in the similar vein is going to be on there but um, I love the fact that there are these kind of interesting, uh, well-made, um, fun, heartfelt, uh, uh, kind of animated movies that are coming out. There's superheroes, but also there's some other stuff. Like I I haven't seen boy in the Heron." I don't know if it's on your list. Um, but I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. So that's one that's, you know, it's one that's on the list of, of things Mm -hmm. that I need to see. Obviously us having spoken about uh, Kiki's delivery service and speaking so highly of studio Ghibli um but just a a really strong year for animated features and uh, i really enjoyed it was so much fun i had such a great time watching it um so i figured you were going to put it on so it'd be an honorable mention for me and uh my film is uh animated film choice is one that you have already alluded to um yeah but uh yeah continue what's number eight
1: number eight uh we just talked about this one a couple weeks ago uh godzilla minus one um yeah not gonna say a whole lot about that we did a whole episode on it it fucking rips it's so sick the take of doing like a japanese melodrama focused on characters human characters and then you know just the brief the the few moments of godzilla that you get our absolutely just sick so yeah listen to that episode watch the movie they're putting out a like a black and white edition of the movie i'm not sure if any of our theaters are going to be playing that but uh
0: yeah i think it's called godzilla minus one minus color so if you see that anywhere and you want to see the black and white version of it it's in theaters i think for like two weeks or something
1: yeah uh yeah i i I assume you probably had that one on your list too maybe. Uh huh. Uh, and yeah. I figured that it would come up, but it would be the same,
0: uh, same, same spiel on it. We did a whole episode on it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Go listen to that. It's a really, really yeah. good movie and a really good Godzilla movie, and it's awesome. Yeah. Not much else to say about oh, that. Yeah. Go listen to the whole episode. Mm-hmm. Um, what about number uh, seven?
1: Number seven, uh, for me, uh, Canadian film, one of the best Canadian films I've ever seen about the city I live in. Uh, BlackBerry. Uh, Matt Johnson's fucking genius. It's almost like a mockumentary in a way. I don't know. I ju- I just I just loved it. But the biopic about BlackBerry, the making of the phone, which is now deceased. I don't think Rim even exists anymore. Well, I think well they're called BlackBerry, but I'm I'm not sure what they even produce anymore. But just capturing. That sort of tech side, just the comedy of it. Glenn Howerton was amazing. Um, uh, Jay Baruchel, fantastic. Matt Johnson was fantastic. was my favorite part of that movie as Doug. Just a fantastic, just so funny. And if you're Canadian, you should watch it, support it, because it's just good for Canadian cinema that a movie like that is getting so much recognition worldwide internationally um and you know a lot of people are really digging it uh you know i think now matt johnson's probably going to be able to do whatever the fuck he wants to do now which is awesome because i've seen some of his other movies it's great nirvana the band the show is a fantastic hilarious series um yeah, just just love seeing a dude make a movie the way he wanted to do it. I watched his interview on the Q, which is a, another fantastic Canadian radio series. But and just his take on the Canadian cinema, the sort the Canadian film industry. It just really spoke to me, and he articulated so many things that I've been saying, but in a much more eloquent way with less um, vitriol. Uh, Less simmering rage. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, and he's a guy actually in there making fantastic films. And I think, you know, it's worth listening to. And this movie is a must watch uh, for anybody, really. It's just a great biopic. And if you like that sort of mockumentary film style, it has that, even though it's not like a mockumentary. But anyways,
0: yeah that was on my list as well. Um, I was so surprised by this movie um, mm-hmm. and just, it's funny. It's surprisingly 10 set parts. It's mm-hmm. well-made. It's about where we live and a big part of my uh, youth and young manhood, the Blackberry um, and uh, Glenn Harden kills it um, mm-hmm. as Jim Ball silly um yeah and uh Walking um vampires. yeah this is a great film it was on my list uh you can watch it there's an extended version with 16 minutes of additional film uh it was broken down into a, a three-part mini-series and aired on cbc and on cbc gem uh and i believe cbc gem is free so i'm pretty sure you can go and watch that if you want to um but the movie itself just on its own is fantastic. I can't really say whether the extended limited series or miniseries is any, is, is much better, but I assume it is yeah. because the movie is so good. And so I assume that it's great. Uh, so if you want to see a bit more of it, you can watch it there. Um, love to see a Canadian filmmaker doing it his own way. Love to see something come together so well and love that it's, a, a, it, it's just an entertaining movie awesome Mm -hmm. um so yeah that was that's definitely a good choice what is up for number six
1: number six this is one that i kind of thought would end up higher on my list but when i really sat down and went over what i saw it there was other things i kind of took over it and i feel like you'll probably have a lot more to say about this movie but six is oppenheimer for me uh, I mean fantastic film amazing film um, still in debate whether if it's Nolan's best if it's my favorite I, I don't know it's it's a fantastic film I just I think I really just need to watch this one again there's so many big things in this movie it's a fucking technical marvel that's for sure Killian Murphy's amazing in it the supporting cast Robert Downey Jr. Benny Safdie everybody's amazing in it. Uh, what can I say? It's fucking top to bottom, amazing. Um, but yeah, we did a whole episode on this one too. So got anything to add?
0: No, I mean it was on my list. I do think it was one of the best films that was released this year for a variety of reasons. Technically, um, having such a, a large ensemble cast, uh, you know, the big swing of trying to make something like this that's so scientific, so thrilling. Um, Killian Murphy. uh uh, robert downey jr matt damon all great performances there's a there's a wild we did a whole episode on it so if you want to hear i don't think either of us have watched it again since we saw it so if you want to hear a more fresh thoughts on it you can go and listen to the oppenheimer and uh and nolan power rankings um episode from the summer Uh, I think it's going to clean up at the Oscars. It did very well at the um, Golden Globes. Uh, And um, uh, I think it's a well-directed, well-made, well-put-together, great sound design, amazing performances. I think it is one of the best films of the year. Is it the one that I will continually go back to? I don't know. Is it his masterpiece? I don't know yet. Uh, It still hasn't been enough time and I haven't watched it again Um, so, you know, we will see, we will see how it, how it goes. And oftentimes my opinions on movies change over time. Um, yeah, because of my own experiences, but also because of, you know, um, society's changing or, uh, you know, when you really, when you watch a movie, if you watch a movie a bunch of times, you see more of it. And yeah, so it's like, it's like for uh, the example that I gave in that episode was interstellar. When I first saw interstellar, I didn't, it didn't quite hit for me. But now I go back and I'm like, this is a masterpiece. You know, this is a really, 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 really strong film Um, Mm -hmm. or Prometheus. That's another one where when I saw it, I liked it. Now I think it's like one of Ridley Scott's best films in the past 15, Mm -hmm. 20 years. It's like that in the Martian and you know, a couple couple others, but the but they they stand head and shoulders above. Um, but time gave me that perspective in multiple rewatches. so i Oppenheimer was one hundred percent on my list. I'm not ready yet to do what you did and say it's the best of of the year or it's his best film, but it is a fantastic film. and uh, and we did have a long conversation about it, so you can listen to that earlier. Uh, in the earlier episode, and we talk we break it down a little bit more in depth there as well, um, what we yeah. liked, and
1: yada, yada, yada.
0: um what's 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 next?
1: Next is a movie I just watched this past week from uh, on Netflix. Uh, Society of the Snow. It's um, a Spanish film about the 1972 ondas. Plane crash, which strangely enough, when I was doing my old podcast, Otis Morris Hates Himself, when I was doing like more history-based episodes, the next topic I was going to do was going to be that plane crash. That whole thing based, you know, previously based on the movie Alive from the 90s, which was like an American version of that story. But this and, you know, there was books that I was going to read and whatnot. And, you know, Society of the Snow was one of those books that I was going to read that never got around to. And so this movie came out and I didn't really hear anything about it. I think you mentioned it to me. some yes. point, And I was like, I, hmm, I still haven't cool. watched it, but I, I want to watch it because I like
0: J.A. Bayona. And um yeah. I, uh, and, uh, and also there was a, uh, you know, I don't like to bring up other podcasts, but there was a last podcast on the left series that came out this past in December that was on it. Mm. And I don't know if they meant to line it up, if that was like a thing or if it just happened that they decided to cover it as well. Um, right. But it made me very interested listening to that and then being like, oh, there's this movie, but I just, I haven't gotten around to watch it yet, so ah. tell me, tell us. Fantastic. Well,
1: uh, um, amazing, and I just like knowing that I would have been, you know, done something before last podcast on the left, so that's just good knowing, just nice to know, um, but yeah, no, the film is amazing on so many, uh, it's a fucking, it's a spectacle, it's a fucking, it's, Martin in so many ways i mean without if you're not familiar with the story you know it's about a rugby team that gets they're going from uh paraguay to country over sorry i'm not knowledgeable of south america my bad i've never left the country okay leave me alone uh they have to cross this uh mountain range and you know they they It they end up crashing in the mountains and there's 45 people on the plane and you know a bunch of them end up surviving the crash but the scene in which the crash happens is the uh just the most brutal thing i think i've ever seen on film more brutal than any horror film more just it Okay, I feel like I I really need to talk about this because and it is a spoiler if I like for this one scene. Is it okay if I if I describe what happens? Because it's a fuck, it's amazing.
0: Please go ahead. I mean, okay. I already, okay. I I already, I listened to the last podcast series. I, I they explained okay. in vivid detail the various um uh, horrors of of that crash. Okay. So I would love to. I, I'm I'm gonna watch it. So.
1: Um, okay, please. Okay, okay. So, as how the crash happens is the the plane is too low. They don't realize that they're about to crash to a mountain. They're trying to pull up extremely quickly. The tail ends up clipping the very top of the mountain. Excuse me. Bunch of people die. Bunch of people fucking fly out of the cabin. It's fucking insane. It's the most realistic plane crash I've ever seen. But then. The what remains of the cabin then lands on the mountain and starts just sliding down the mountain at you know how many miles per hour, it's fucking ripping. But then, the most fucked up thing I've ever seen, and the most you know accurate depiction of physics I've ever seen, is when the plane then crashes into a snowbank, and from the back of the plane, all of the Chairs and all the people on the chairs like domino effect into each other, crushing each other. It shows like limbs snapping, it just people getting fucking pierced. It's just, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And I was just like, one, I don't know how they did it. It was realistic as fuck. It made me feel like I just was in a plane crash. It made me feel so just queasy, disturbed, and just like, I audibly was like what the fuck what the fuck like the only time i've like just been so that confused like you know sicario was the only other time i've audibly been like what the fuck in a movie theater this well i wasn't in a movie theater i was on my couch but yeah it's the one thing that made me shit my and then you know there's just not i won't spoil it but it it, somehow it gets worse it gets worse yeah (laughs) let's
0: just say that they were up there for what like 71 days. 71 days, so almost three months in the yeah. place where there's no food.
1: Do the math, folks. Mm-hmm. Do the math. And the plane crash is only the first 30 minutes of the movie. Like, there's so many more. And then it's just like, you know, just it's such a good story about brotherhood and working together, perseverance. Just people yeah, coming they together said, they just, said
0: on, on, on last pod, like, one of the reasons why they were able to do it is because they were a team. They were a team yes. of younger gentlemen who were able to yeah. work together. And there was people who would, who stepped up into leadership roles and were willing to make sacrifices or do what needed to be done for the greater good because they were a mm-hmm. team. Um, yeah. I've heard nothing but good things about this film. It's Obviously amazing. if you're scared of flying or you don't, you don't like, so it fucked me up <laughs> You don't, and you don't like, uh, how can I say this without spoiling anything? You don't like exotic yet very close to home foods. <laughs> yeah. um, you might not, you might not, it might not be your cup of tea, but um, I've heard it's been, it's very good, beautifully shot. Uh, an amazing story, quite unnerving. Um, uh, and uh, I I really want to watch it. So it is again, one of the ones that are on my um uh, the five that are on my list of stuff I haven't seen, but I am going to watch very soon. Uh, And it came out right at the end of the year. So Christmas time, you know, we were busy um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it will be watched uh, because I just, the the podcast series was great. Shout out the last podcast on the left guys. Uh, And, and um, if you want to watch the movie or even you, uh if you want to uh learn more about that whole story they do it's like a four or five part it's like a they go in depth talking
1: yeah in depth um I mean, yeah I, okay. I was gonna do that i was gonna do that all by myself i was gonna do what all three of them do together i was gonna do it as one person but i got lazy so uh anyway moving on i guess um Number four for me, uh, another movie that I actually just saw this year because it's currently in theaters right now. uh, You know, one of those sneaky releases right at the end of the year. But uh, The Iron Claw, which uh, is a very small... uh, It's not very small, but like I think it's a movie not a lot of people know about. But it hits all the things that I love. It's a, you know, sort of like a... (sighs) A drama well it's it's about the von eric wrestling family so if you're a wrestling fan and you know wrestling history you're very familiar with the von erics and the the greatness the i don't know how to say it the demise of the family it's a very incredibly tragic story like it's shakespearean levels of tragedy it's fucking insane the thing about this movie is that it didn't even include all of the tragedies that actually happened to this family because you would be like, you know, truly stranger than fiction. You wouldn't believe it. You'd be like, no way that fucking happened. No, that no, that's not possible. That that's not possible. But it is. It is, and it happened to this family. Um, yeah, uh, this uh, Zach Efron in a leading role. I think, like, you know, his first very serious sort of dramatic role, and he was fucking fantastic. He's also fucking jacked in this movie. Um, Jeremy Allen White as Carrie Von Eric fucking kills it. His story in that film is just so sad, just... Fuck, it's the saddest, it, it, like, I, it, I don't know. If, if you can't see the movie, there's the Vice series, the Dark Side of Wrestling. There, there's an episode about the family. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do you want me to tell you what happens or do you no, really because
0: know? Well, I know what happens
1: because I know the story
0: and the curse, and I know, yeah. Um, and I do know actually that they left out some of the stuff that happened because... It didn't necessarily fit the the narrative of film, but also it was just like, oh my god! Like I know there was the youngest son who was like electrocuted, um, yeah, and that wasn't in there, and or it wasn't really shown. Um, no, and um, I haven't seen it yet. I did. Is that a twenty twenty three film? Did it come out in twenty twenty three? Yeah, it oh. came
1: out like on like Christmas Day. Oh,
0: okay. So that's probably why I wasn't, I mean, it's on my radar, but I thought it was a 2024 film. So that's on my list of stuff I haven't seen yet, but definitely want to, I've heard nothing but uh, uh, praise for the film Mm -hmm. uh, and that it's quite uh, affecting and quite um, well made and quite emotional, actually, that it's, it's a, it's very emotional. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I and all that everybody in it is is fantastic, and I'm, we're going to talk about Jeremy Allen White uh, when we
1: get to TV. Yes. Uh, so oh for for sure yeah. So um, I mean,
0: um, yeah. go ahead,
1: go ahead. Oh, I mean, I would say this movie and The Wrestler, which is one of my favorite movies ever. You're like the two best movies like two best wrestling movies ever. And so like that's the thing. This movie just really hit. You know, you know, I lo- I love sad movies. I love being sad. I love great acting. The dude that plays the the dad is amazing. I I He's amazing. I wish, I don't know if he's getting nominated for shit, but I hope he is. I hope Jeremy Allen White gets some recognition for his role too, because he fucking crushed it. Zac Efron crushed it. It's just a fantastic movie. And I love wrestling. And uh, yeah, if you haven't seen The Iron Claw, go see it. If you haven't seen The Wrestler, go watch The Wrestler. So shout out that movie too. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll move along. Um, uh,
0: hold on one second. I'm just uh, oh Holt McColley. He's um, the dude from Mindhunter. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's awesome. He's great actor. Yeah, him. he's awesome. Fritz uh, von Eric. That's
1: sick. I
0: didn't. Yeah, I didn't no, even realize he was in it. That's sick. I'm. I'm stoked.
1: Yeah. No, he just plays a really stoic, like Tex Christian Texas dad, like take no shit dad, and it's just like I thought he nailed it. And like some people might be like. This is kind of stiff acting. I was like, "Nah, nah." I, I've, I, I, know people with Texas dads. They got fucked up. Well, I don't know people with Texas dads, but the way people describe Texas dads, it sounds quite accurate.
0: I think you mean uh, more <laughs> conservative Christian. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, yeah, but like, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, he's it, very I proud just, to be Texan. Anyway,
0: we're, yeah. we're we're arguing arguing a a, a non non-point here uh yes uh, the um i will definitely check it out i'm looking forward to it um and i've heard nothing but good things what's next on your list
1: um next on the list uh, uh number three anatomy of a fall uh i've talked about this movie quite a bit on this it's amazing uh what's her name sandra Huler? uh just want to get that right Yes. Sandra Huller. It's she's amazing in it. It's a fucking just an amazingly well written film. I mean, it won the Golden Globe for best screenplay and best, you know, foreign language for international film. because a lot of it's in English. It's in it's a combination of English, French and German, which is that's amazing. She's doing three different fucking languages in one film. Um you know i think she she's my personal pick for like best actress if you know in award season if if i'm being honest um and yeah just you know as i mentioned in when i was talking about it in a previous episode not too long ago the pimp music that's fucking amazing man how if you're going to have pimp as like a very important part of your film i'm locked in i'm locked in uh yeah, I don't know if this film's streaming anywhere yet or if it's available online anywhere, but if it is, definitely watch it. It's amazing. I
0: think it's still in theaters, maybe? Uh, maybe. I don't... I, or maybe it's in, the be- in between time right now. Um, that's another one that I only found out about after it was out in theaters, and I s- have yet to see it. Um, yeah. Found out from you, uh, and it is yeah. on my list. That is, uh, I think... Aside from two others that I have yet to watch, the, the um, uh, that's on my list of things that I haven't seen, but I will and I need to and I want to and I hear nothing but good things. Sweet.
1: Um, yeah, definitely watch it. Uh, so number two, another movie I've talked about a bunch recently. Um, I just loved it. And I love Paul Giamatti. Uh, I love Alexander Payne. The Holdovers was exactly... You know, the kind of um, opposite of the Iron Claw. You know, the Iron Claw just bummed me out, but in a good way. I love feeling things. The holdovers was just endearing. It was so, I just, it was just, I just loved it. It was great. The characters felt so full. Paul Giamatti is amazing. I hope he wins the Oscar. Uh, You know, he won Golden Globe. So hopefully, hopefully, he uh, you know, he pulls it through uh i just i just fucking love paul giamatti what can i say the dude's amazing and he just seems like the coolest dude i've been listening to like interviews with him he just seems like a fucking sick dude um he also oh you'll love this i found out paul giamatti does like a like a conspiracy theory uh podcast with his buddy and they talked about like cryptozoology and stuff that's hard I
0: need to listen to that. That's hard.
1: Yeah. Um, I I don't, I forget what it's called, but that's real. But um, yeah, this movie feels like a like 70s sort of coming of age movie. That's what it's supposed to look like. That's what it looks like. It sounds like. Uh, Fuck, what's the supporting actress? She's amazing. Um, She's uh, a divine divine joy rudolph she also just won like a golden globe for it so you know she's amazing she's my pick for like supporting actress at at the oscars um yeah i i love this fucking movie if you haven't seen it watch it you'll feel good it's like my new go-to christmas movie because it is a christmas movie so uh yeah and i have watched it
0: and uh, it was on my list as well um what a charming film um yes you covered most of it it's just you know what I like about it I like that it's we talked about this in the Holiday Bird episode I don't really like Christmas movies I don't mm-hmm. mind movies that are set at Christmas This film is is it is a Christmas movie but it's more about the ties that bind um mm-hmm. and about the human relationships and about mm-hmm. you know finding a family when you're lonely and and going through you know coming of age especially you know, with the setting being at this kind of boarding school and all this stuff, like mm-hmm. is it a boarding school or is it I'm pretty sh- sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, it's a boarding school. They're in like New England, uh, somewhere yeah. in like Massachusetts because she wants to go to Boston.
0: But what a what a fantastic um, movie. What a great performance from Giamatti. The, the entire main cast is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved the ending. I love that final shot when it goes through the window. Yep. Um yep. Just great, good, a real charmer, uh a real excellent film, a good time at the movies, and I think it will probably wind up being our holiday pick next year. um probably. So you you can just we can just put a cap on that and wait another three hundred fifteen days or whatever, and
1: we'll come back. <laughs> three
0: hundred. No, I guess longer because we're
1: three hundred like fifty days. Uh, yeah,
0: three hundred fifty or 300, 345. I guess that's yeah. yeah. Let's anyway, say that. all right. <laughs> um, yeah, great movie. Uh, um, a, f- a Christmas movie that I really loved. I thought it was so charming, great. I don't know what else to say. Go watch it.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that I guess leads brings us to number one. And I mean, is it really a surprise? Like, it's "Killers of the Flower Moon." That was that's my number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think. I think the more I think about it and I haven't rewatched it yet, but I think about this movie a lot and I have been thinking about it a lot. And again, just the opening where it brings fucking what's his earnest in, he just sits down with fucking De Niro. And then he's just like, you're going to marry the Indians. We're going to kill them. We're going to get their money. And then you just have to sit with that and just be like, "Fuck, fuck," and it just and the the tricks it plays of having you know the stylized Scorsese stuff where you know it has this sort of flashback sequence, and you're like, "Oh, okay, it's going to be like a gangster movie, going to be," and then it's like, "No, no, it's not. It's it like it, it is. These people are technically gangsters." But it's not glamorizing it. It's sh- the entire time you're just like, "Fuck you, fuck! Why are you doing this? This sucks. This sucks." And um, and then the ending is just the most perfect way. I watched the Scorsese Zayn Lowe interview, which was a weird, just a strange. I don't know if you watched that, but I wouldn't have suspected Zane Lowe to talk Scorsese, but I guess they talked a lot about music because. Chris says he's a huge rock music guy he's done a, you know the band uh he's been bob dylan's stuff uh the, um, rolling stones but then you know them talking about the ending and scorsese was saying like this is the only way because you know talking about like who am i to make this story like and profit off of it but like That's what cinema is, I guess, at this point in time is that it's a it's a show. It's a show that you go to and you experience it. And so the ending, if I'm still going to leave it vague, if you haven't seen the movie, it's just perfect. And the acting is across all the board. Fucking amazing. Fucking Leo kills it. Lily Gladstone is amazing. You know, she. Could very possible win the Oscar. I would have no problems with that. She won the Golden Globe, but I have no, she's amazing. She's amazing. Um, De Niro's amazing. Uh, Jesse Clemens, Sturgill Simpson was great in it. Um, fuck it. the whole there's so many more people in the supporting cast. It was amazing. The music by Robbie Robertson was amazing. Rest in peace, Robbie Robertson, Canadian legend. Love the band and uh yeah i don't know i can't uh, yeah I, I don't know i love so this i, have, movie. I it, have
0: watched it uh and, nice. and it is on my list i think that the ending was perfect um mm-hmm. i think that what really uh struck me about this film um there's two things i mean it's all the things that you already said um that that make it amazing the performances there is a real restraint uh and and um in the filmmaking, Scorsese is kind of creating the antithesis of what you expect from him, but mm-hmm. in a way that is um very, very immediate, very close, very tight. You you know, mm-hmm. you, you're kind of forced to watch everything, um and and you know what's going on the whole time, and he doesn't zhuzh it up, you know, it's not it's not mm-hmm. really stylized. It's very quiet filmmaking at times, but it's precise uh, in a way yes. that only someone who has been doing this for years and years and years and who is someone who has a very, very clear vision of what mm-hmm. this movie is. Like, this is, this is a swan song. You know, this is Martin mm-hmm. Scorsese saying, all of those movies you like were about one thing, and since you dumb idiots can't get it, I'm going to yeah. make you watch this. And I'm going to make yeah. you feel it. <laughs> like you didn't understand that all of these other movies were about the like malady of greed and evil in mm-hmm. American history and in, in humanity, you know, mm-hmm. the, the truth of the nastiness and the uh, horrors of the things we can do to one another. You guys really love the first two thirds of Goodfellas, but forget about the last third. You know, it's Mm -hmm. always I wanted to be or I always wanted to be a a gangster. It's never I'm driving around in the car coked out thinking that they're being chasing me in the helicopters. All my friends are about to be murdered. And so I think Mm -hmm. he that was a very purposeful choice where he was like, I'm going to make this movie speak volumes in its restraint, in its, you know, focus. And you're not going to look away. You're going to see all of it. You're going to understand all of it as it's happening and there's nothing you can do about it. And it's a true story. Yeah. You know, what are you, you know, this is the way we treated these people. This is the way we've treated each other. This is the way that, you know, the the one scene that struck me afterwards is when they go to talk to um, what's the name of the Osage man who, who Leo gets, it's it's the his the his uncle's, um, like I depressed no, friend. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah I know and the then they go yes. to talk to him at the at the bar, and mm. it's where Leo's introducing. Um, I can't remember the name right now, but he's introducing the guy that will ultimately kill him. Uh, yeah. and and they're crossing. It's during a parade, and the first float of the parade is mothers for veterans, and it's a bunch of white ladies on the top and they're like, ah, and then walking with them is a bunch of indigenous women. those the Osage women. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, oh yeah, they were part, like they fought for the, the, they fought for, for America and they cut between it. And the one after it is the KKK and yeah. the guy who's in charge is like the banker. Yeah. And it's like, and he's like, oh, hey, Ernst, hey, hey, how's it going? And I was like, god damn, this place really, you know, there is really some dirt under the fingernails and some skeletons in the closet, you know, that, that people especially now are trying to, trying to push aside and, for, for, and to hide. And for Martin Scorsese to go, I'm going to make you watch this and I'm not going to judge it up. And you're all going to come see it because you love my gangster movies because they're all cool and slick. And you love Raging Bull because it's all manly when it's really about like the brokenness of masculinity. And these people yeah. who don't understand what the point of the films are, they just like the, it's a style over substance crew, right? Like the people right, who are yeah. like, oh yeah, I love it when, when they're talking about this, that, and the other thing. Oh yeah, I love it when he does the cuts. Oh yeah, I love it. And then, you know, they just totally misread the point of the characters or the stories. You know, it's like people who don't, people who want to be the Joker and shit, like, yeah, it's like, you don't get it, do you? Like, and Mm -hmm. so this, he's like, I'm going to staple your eyes open and use, base my entire reputation and body of work based on that, get you in the door. And then I'm going to make you watch how evil we, we were to these people, you know, and it's, it's. Profoundly uh precise and driven and purposeful, and I think that's the thing that I walked out of it, walked out of it. I walked upstairs, I watched it down here, but I, that's the thing that I when I went upstairs <laughs> walked away from it, <laughs> walked away from it, and I was like, "God, damn, that movie was like tough, but it's beautiful, it's good. Yeah. everybody should watch it, but it is tough. Um, and it is a masterclass in, in purposeful filmmaking, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is in, in many ways, a swan song, but not in the way that you would think it's not a greatest hits, you know, the departed is kind of a greatest hits of Scorsese up until that point. There's a lot of yeah. things that he kind of comes back around on or ideas that he cherry picked from other mm-hmm. films to build this one. This one is like a, a ref- refuting of everything stylistic and more of a, I'm going to show you how technical I am by like being reserved. And it's more of a thematic, you know, this is what I was trying to say the whole time. And then that ending is just masterpiece. Like, just, I couldn't, it was like my jaw hit the floor. I was like, Mm -hmm. what just happened? And then and then it just yeah, ends. like breaking and, the
1: fourth wall essentially yeah. just on his entire then, career. Yeah. And,
0: and then it just ends and you're like, mm-hmm. holy shit, you know, like, holy shit. And it's, it's just excellent a, a, near like a 10 out of 10 film. Now is it, <laughs> is it a film that I'm going to rewatch again soon? I think I need a couple months, um, Yeah, before I go back. It is a tough film, um, but for it, people who like filmmaking people who care about filmmakers people who care about purposeful cinema and the melding of entertainment and i don't want to say political but authorship a- a- um because i think this is very much a film where he's reckoning with himself as well um yeah. and his body of work this is him grappling with with what he's done on through the camera um so yeah Wow, what a banger. Um mm-hmm. That's a great list. You covered a lot of the stuff that I was going to cover. Um okay. but uh, but let let me let me toss out a yeah. few here though that are more on the side of the kind of genre yeah. film or unexpected uh, unexpected joys that we might find. Yeah. I'm going this is in no particular order. We have an episode on this one, so I'm not going to blather on about it. You can go back and mm-hmm. listen to it. Um, but I thought the killer was spectacular. Yep. I thought That's that in my was, honorable mentions. Yeah. I thought that it was, again, if you want to talk about a filmmaker who's contesting with himself while making a film, um, yeah. this film is very much in the same lane. It is kind of a, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, a, a fit Fincher. It's, it's like Fincher being like, this is one for the boys, but also I'm kind of unpacking my entire yeah identity as a filmmaker in it um which makes that that kind of dichotomy makes it so interesting i think it's su- surprisingly funny um yep. and weird but it's also got the like hyper violence and the very stylized fincher filmmaking um tropes and the the kind of uh, it's, 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 it's both everything you love and also a bunch of new stuff. And they're always in, in yes. conversation. And I think that's what we talked about when we after we saw it, how much it's really a comedy of errors. Um, yeah. and, uh, and you can hear us talk more about it on the episode we did. I mean, it came out not too long ago. Um, mm-hmm. but I just absolutely loved it. And, um, and I thought it was great. And, um, Definitely one of the best of the year for me. I just thoroughly enjoyed The Killer. I've seen it twice now. Uh, I liked it more the second time. I thought, Mm -hmm. um, the the first time I liked it, the second time I started noticing all these small things and was like, oh, this is really, really well thought out, purposeful Mm -hmm. filmmaking again. Um, And Fassbender's grace in it. Or great. I Mm -hmm. just think grace because grace me out. Um, But no, Fassbender is great in it. And um, Tilda Swinton, also fantastic um yeah yeah, banger um for the next film this is one that i don't know if a lot of people saw it but it came out a while ago um it it came out at the end of september on fx it was a it's i don't necessarily like the ending of this film the last like 10 minutes There's there's a very very hard cut uh about 10 minutes from the end or, or like five minutes from the end where I feel like the movie could have just stopped there, but everything up until that point is insane. Um, I'm talking about the film. No one will save you. It's a, uh, small budget alien invasion horror film with pretty much no dialogue. Um, and it rips dude. It's nice. It's awesome. The aliens. I have heard of this one. Freak me out. They do these weird, the way they like communicate with their ships is that they do these weird like yoga pose things, but they're like <laughs> bone breaking. Like they all of a sudden are like cracking into yeah. different positions and they're like floating in the air, cracking their bones and their arms and stuff. Um, She's in a house all by herself and they just keep coming. And this is bigger ones, smaller ones. They're like levitating her with her mind. She's like throwing, like smashing them up against like she... Uh she kills one of them by stabbing it in the face with like a, a piece of a broken clock or something. And she just stabs it through the eyes. Yeah. It's nuts. It's gnarly dude. Uh, and I yeah. watched it when I was on vacation in Maryland with Meg and um thoroughly surprised and, and and thought it was great. And I wanted to I possibly bringing it up as one to talk about during Halloween, but I was so close when we were making the schedule. I was like, you know what? I'll just save it for the end of the year. It's not long. It paced really well. The ending, the very ending, not too too sure how much I, it's a little too on the nose. Um, you know, it's yeah. it's kind of, I know that there was a point that they put it in, but it there's a part where it just hard end, or there's a part where there's like a hard cut. It could have ended there. Yeah. The last like five minutes didn't need to be on that. But everything up into that point, it's a ride man it's it's freaky it's scary it's like signs if signs was given steroids uh and lsd at the same time but not too much um but it's it's good it's a it was a surprise a pleasant surprise so much so that i wanted to include it on this list also because you took some of my uh (laughs) my other list ones but i thought why not why not why not bring it up
1: um yeah Oh, it sounds tight. No, that's been on my watch list. Uh, I actually kind of forgot about it, but that, as soon as you mentioned it, I was like, "Oh yeah, fuck, forgot about that one." But uh, hell, maybe I'll watch that uh today or tomorrow. Fuck. Uh, it's
0: short too. I think it's only like yeah. uh an hour and a half, or a little a little bit more than an hour yeah. and a half. Um. Okay. What should I put to next? Okay. Well, this is the one that I mentioned before. This is a very divisive film. Um, and a lot of people. Don't really know what to make of it. Um, a lot of people are turned off by the content in it. Um, and a lot of people, a lot of people, it's, it's highly discussed. There's a lot of discourse. I thought it was great. I'm talking obviously about uh, Emerald Fennel's uh,
1: Saltburn. Mm. Yeah, um, I wrote a review of this film.
0: I thought it was good. I thought it was, uh, you know. I, I was talking to, to Meg about this, my girlfriend, and I was like, should I include it? Like, I really did enjoy it. I, I was quite, I, I was, I, it's a very surface level film. You know, there's yeah. there's not a, a lot of depth to it thematically, but visually and performance wise, it's great. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very scathing kind of commentary on the culture of the aughts. You know, the kind of skins culture. Um yeah. and and it's it's weird, um hypersexual, um, but in yeah. an almost menacing way. Um it's you know, Barry Keegan is a fantastic actor. Uh and yeah. it, it also features one of the uh longest uh, naked dancing scenes. I've ever seen, and uh, you know what? If I was Barry Keegan, and I, I swing it, brother, I, yeah, I would. That thing would be <laughs> that thing would be fanging, man. I would be yeah, like, dude. hell yeah! You want me to dance around to a uh, murder on the dance floor? I'll do the whole song. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's um, it's a a real. I think with age, it's only going to get better. I think that 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 it's going to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, when it came out in in theaters there's a lot of discourse then it came out on amazon prime a lot of people watched it people started the discourse shifted towards a more positive response to it um i've heard a lot of arguments that it's too vapid that it's too sexual that it's too disjointed that it doesn't quite do what it what they wanted to do with it um i don't think that's the case i, I think mm-hmm. that i've seen far worse things in movies before but that might just be my my experience bias talking, you know, um, but for someone who's watched a lot of foreign films and uh, has had education in film history, it wasn't the way I what I expected it to be. It wasn't um, sure. It is shocking. There are moments that are quite shocking, but yeah, really, the
1: bathtub is gross. Yeah,
0: that was wild. Um but, uh, but, but I thought that it was quite, uh, quite the, the psychedelic, uh, um, uh, you know, cerebral thriller about obsession. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I thought it was great performances, visually great. I had a fun, I had fun watching it. I thought it was a yeah. ride. It was a ride of a film and uh, I would ride it again. Um, I, uh. I thought it was good. I don't know what your your thoughts were. I never read um, your letterboxed.
1: Uh, I don't know. I, I that's another one where I kind of keep thinking about it because, like, I don't know if I liked it or not. Really, oh, there yeah. are things. There's things about it that I like, but then there's things like, like the plot. I'm like, well, the plot is just like kind of more horny, talented Mr. Ripley, but like. You know, but then the ending, I was just like, you know, how they not fucking figure this one out. Like the ending and then just, you know, how it all comes. And then the reveal, I was just kind of like, yeah, but like this, the it's fucking, it's a fucking beautiful movie. The cinematography is amazing. The music is great and Barry, and it's so well acted and, but they're, I've, but then I was just like ah but it's so derivative of that of other things too but then but do you know that, that's the, it's the hard thing where it's like
0: do yeah. you take it do you take a film that's a surface level film at surface level and just let it be let it be great for what mm. it is cuz I think that that's what it is I think that it's not mm. meant to be this deep you know it is sexual it is cerebral it is psychological but it's you know, it's not meant to be this mental labyrinth, you know, Mm. it's just a, it's just a thriller about obsession, (laughs) you know, like it's not, it's not that deep guys. You know, I think that there's a tendency to see things that are trying to be um, like, you you don't watch a slasher film and go like, what's the psychological depth to this. Right. Yeah. You just like it for what it is.
1: And I think. But if it has that, you're like, Oh, that's cool.
0: Yeah, and I think that in this case, I think it's a it's hard reckoning because it is so kind of surface level where it's like yeah. the performances are so good. Its cinematography is amazing. There's genuinely shocking moments in it. Uh, and, and I enjoyed it, but was there anything to it? And should I feel bad about enjoying it? Because there wasn't yeah. really anything to it. I say, just enjoy the goddamn film. You know, yeah. It doesn't have to be. there, doesn't have. It doesn't always have to be uh, some kind of c- commentary on. And, and maybe there is. I haven't heard a lot of what em- Emerald Fel- Fel- em- Emerald Emerald Fennel, what she had to yeah, say. Yeah, her the- only her. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go. Cool. No, no. I would love oh, to I know. Just-
1: oh, I was just going to say that her only other film was "Promising Young Wim- Woman," which I haven't seen, but a lot of people have had the same sort of divisiveness with that film. So maybe that's just her style. I don't know.
0: I, I think that that's partially it. Um, but I think Barry Keegan was great. I think that Jacob yep. Elordi was great. I think that um, just the whole family was great. Uh, at no point did I feel like anybody was not pulling their weight. Um you love to see uh what's the mom's name she was in gone girl why am i blanking oh, oh rose mcgowan yeah uh no not rose mcgowan um oh my god yeah. uh roseman pike roseman pike oh roseman
1: pike right fucking wrong. Yeah. rose Jeez. she
0: she was she's she was great she's funny i i thought it was i thought the music was great i thought And maybe it's because I was a teenager during those times. So like a lot of the references are, you know, touched me, tickled me in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I liked it. I thought Saltburn was, was for, for a a second feature film. um, I thought it was great. Uh, I I thought, I think, but I, again, I'm not thinking too hard about it. I had the same internal debate and debate in conversation where I was like, should I include this? Should I even consider including this? I don't know. Did I like it? Did I not like it? I thought long and hard about it, and I was like, "No, you know what? I did like it. I would go on that ride again. It was fun, even if it was a bit derivative." Uh, I think the yeah. pros outweigh the cons with it. That's my opinion. But we can we we can have different yeah. opinions.
1: We're allowed to. It's I good. may I may watch it again, and I and I want to watch Promising Young Woman. That's actually I've been actually meaning to watch that movie since it came out, and I've just never gotten around to it, but. Yeah, no. There's great things about this movie, and it's worth watching. I'll say that. So I, 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 I don't know how I, I'm, I, may rewatch it again. I don't. I honestly don't know exactly how I feel about this movie. It was strange and shocking at times, and uh, really goes for it at points. But uh, yeah, great. And great I
0: like film. that. I like. I like yeah. when a film goes for it. So. You know what? I'm, I'm, I, I stand by it. It's on my list. Yeah. Stamped on that. Um, the next one is right. another, uh, what am I at? Four. 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 I did the killer. I did no know it. Oh yeah. So four, number four, for me, this is not my number four, but just a, uh, the fourth one just that I wanted list. to talk yeah. about. Spider-Man across the spider verse.
1: Nice.
0: Banger. Absolute banger. um, the first one was so good. I didn't know if the second one was going to hold up and keep at the same level. It did. Thoroughly enjoyed watching it. Incredible animation. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we could discuss the ending. I, I know you and I have have different opinions yeah. about when it should have ended. But, um, but I thought that the cliffhanger was, I mean, it could have not been included, but I also liked it because it sets up the kind of bonkers ending that we're going for. Um, mm-hmm. I thought the spot was an amazing villain. Uh, I loved that it was a little bit more about Spider-Gwen. Um, yep. I I loved the various nods to different Spider-Man universes and comics and video games. I thought Oscar Isaac was great. I thought that his reasoning was uh, he, sound, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, I also like the twist on it that Miles himself is a, a what did they call him? An error or a, a, you know, that he, he yeah. wasn't supposed to be Spider-Man. Um, right. And, and that makes him an anomaly. That's what it was. An anomaly. Uh, mm-hmm. I, and I just thought it was well paced, well done, well animated. Um, and I can't wait to see how they land the plane. That's the, I can't wait to see the third one. If they manage to make the third one, as good as the first two, it might it might be on the Mount Rushmore of trilogies for me. Um, I loved it, thought it was great. Voice cast is awesome. story yeah. was awesome. everything about it was awesome. Animation, everything. Sick. Yeah. Super sick.:
1: um, Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I didn't like I thought they should have left that very last reveal. That should have been the opening of, like, the next movie. Uh, but um, yeah I don't know because like it was obvious there was going to be another movie like of course um, without that but uh, yeah I, I don't know I think I like the first one more I think I just I like the more comedic elements of the first one and I like the more comedic um, you know multi verse spider-mans that were in it and I think it, it was fun fun I mean this one's amazing I, I don't know uh it, yeah it was crazy um yeah it was sick um yeah i think just the like the like i said the teenage mutant ninja turtles movie was a bit more my vibe but like this movie is sick and i think these franchises kind of go together in terms of you know just people making really original animation styles cuz you know you see once once an animation style becomes popular you see everybody you know trying to copy that style but i think you know the spider-verse movies have such a unique style that blends so many different you know types of animation and just multimedia in general and you know and the teenage mutant ninja turtles did it but in a different way um And it looks completely different. And I think, yeah, that'd be like a fun sort of like double feature doing like the first Spider-Man and the first Ninja Turtles. That'd be cool.
0: And I definitely agree that the first one I think is stronger, but I think this Mm -hmm. one is only a smidge weaker. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're not talking, we're not talking a major drop. I think the first one is just because they were making it as one film and they didn't know if they were going to turn it into a trilogy or franchise, it's yeah. neatly tied together. It's kind of um, the the fact that this is two parts across yeah. and beyond that they had to make con- some concessions in storytelling. and um, And so I do think it's not necessarily as good as the first one. Uh, but it's right up there. Like we're talking, yeah. like a nine point eight and a nine point five or yeah. something for me, or yeah. or a, yeah. a, a nine point three and a 9.0 or whatever. Like it's it's whatever, however you want to rate it. We're talking, yeah, because splitting hairs.
1: Yeah, that first one is like a near perfect film, I would say. Yeah, and the second, the second one, yeah, is not bad. It's amazing. It's just. The first one, I think, especially since the first one, there was nothing like it when it came out. The sort of spectacle of it isn't in the second one. Because, like, me watching the first one, I was just completely enamored with the animation. Like, I was just, like, I I missed plot points because I was just fucking awestruck. I was like, how the fuck are they? What? Holy fuck. Like, for me, for a person that loves animation, that loves comic books, that loves, you know, video games and computer animation and just seeing somebody put that all together perfectly for the first time like it it was you know that was kind of like the magic of the first one and since you know going into the second one I've seen it before it wasn't as magical at this point you're just being like this is fucking stunning this is stunning and I love that it's still stunning but yeah I get what you're saying I see it
0: um yeah, yeah, yeah. alright so the next one is going to be one that uh I don't think that this is the best film but I I'm there's the we're we're getting into the point because you've already mentioned Blackberry because you've already mentioned Killers the Flower Moon Oppenheimer things that were already on my list mm-hmm. Godzilla yeah. minus 1 we're getting into some of the ones that are the the I, I don't like the term honorable mentions because they're all good films but the films that right. I felt like oh this is one that I could just say is a great movie, but it's not necessarily the critically lauded or 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 um, beloveds indie darling or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but this film is a film that I had a great time watching. In fact, I had so much of a good time watching it that I've seen it again, uh, and um, uh, I was just blown away by how much fun it was and how much I enjoyed watching it and how much they didn't screw it up when they could have really screwed it up. Uh, and I wasn't sold on it as a film going into watching it, uh, Dungeons and Dragons honor among thieves. You could make uh, 10 of those movies if they were as good as that one that are just stories of the realm stories of them going around, if they were as, as enjoyable and as fun as that film, um, sign me up. I think I said that on a podcast earlier this year, but they could just keep making them with different adventures, different stories. You could switch out certain party members uh, and, and introduce new party members and do all this. But it was just, it was just like lightning in a bottle as someone who likes dungeons and dragons. It's a very, very, very high chance that whenever somebody does something that's that beloved and has that much lore, it's very hard to do it. Right but the tone is perfect. It's funny. It's got action. It's fantastical. Uh, The lore was right. There's lots of Easter eggs and mentions of stuff, but it was not so deep that people who have no idea about Baldur's Gate or Neverwinter Nights or any of that stuff that they're not going to, you know, they're going to, they're not going to come into it and be like, what the hell are they talking about? Right? Like it's just fun. Action adventure fantasy film. And, um, I'm pretty sure I said when this came out, this exact same thing, but there's not enough of movies like that. And, uh, and it's really, really captures the spirit of something from like the eighties and nineties, uh, but it's done very well. And mm-hmm. it's funny, a lot of tongue in cheek humor, a lot of, a lot of cool sequences. Um, and it's not too heavy on the lore while still while still building the world and still talking about stuff and still having winks and nods and Easter eggs. And, um, you know, Chris Pry- Chris Pine is charming as shit. Um, beautiful man. Absolutely. Stunning. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. You know what? It's on there, baby. I loved it. Dungeons and Dragons yeah. honor among thieves. If you're looking for something I, fun,
1: hell yeah. I, I want to watch it. Um, uh, yeah, just haven't got around to it. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. Um, yeah, everyone's said the same thing. It's just a fun movie, and I like that. I like fun, so awesome. maybe Y'all Maybe we should out.
0: watch it as, uh, we should do a watch-along. <laughs> we
1: maybe, should do a watch-along
0: maybe. with uh, Dungeons & Dragons on Among thieves. That would be fun. Um, my next one, another one wh- that's uh, just basically based on my experience in the movie theater. It was one of the most fun nights of movie watching I've had in a while, um, but I don't think it's the best film of anything we've mentioned um but also you know you just love to see uh you love to see it work out and you love to see four four films in um filmmakers still making uh blowing minds and uh and not only making a good action film but but you know uh doing things cinematically that makes you go well damn uh i'm of course talking about john wick chapter four yep um of course
1: I left that one for you. Thank so. you. Um, yes. Yeah. it's. Uh,
0: I, th- I thought, I mean, it's probably my second favorite of all of the John Wick films. Um, maybe, uh, you know, I, I would have to watch all of them again, but there were yeah. s- points about this. There were things about this film that really, really, really got me going. That overhead shot. Uh, with the flamethrower the 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 dragon's breath flamethrower or uh, shotgun the flamethrower ammo Um, the fights on the stairs Um, Mm -hmm. just you know a lot of really good stuff I I did have some issues with the start of the film it felt very similar to the start of the last film um, and the end of the last film you know glass and mirrors and uh J- Japanese weaponry and all that stuff. But once we mm-hmm. left out of that world and we got into the whole high table stuff, um, Bill Sarsgaard being a smarmy, weird, rich King assassin emperor guy. And, uh, and all of that stuff, it was, uh, it was a ride. Um, and to be making four movies, uh, with Keanu Reeves, who's in his sixties now or something. Um, mm-hmm. And them all being like jaw-dropping action films that make you, they're like white-knuckle action films and you're just having a goddamn blast. Mm-hmm. Kudos to you, you know? Let's, let's get some, let's get, let's get a round of applause because f- taking a movie that, you, t- taking that franchise and building it that world and, and still, you know, uh, making them enjoyable And entertaining Mm -hmm. and raising bars cinematically or or cinematography wise or uh, action set piece wise um, in every movie. uh, And every movie is something you walk away from going, damn, how did they do that? Or like, that was crazy. I've never seen something like that. Like, that's really dope,
1: man. Yeah.
0: Like, that's sick. So, you know what? throw it in the throw it in the mix if you haven't watched it watch the whole john wick series it's probably up there in the top 5 action franchises of the past 20 years 30 years like it's
1: yeah i mean it's definitely one of the greatest action franchises ever easily i think i mean there in terms of action film history there is before John Wick and after John Wick, I think. Yeah. Where now people have seen what a film with such real depictions and, you know, with a fully fleshed out world, a fully fleshed out characters, a style, so many things about it. Like, I think it's, yeah, no, it's like game changing. Um, also, Scott Atkins. Is wild and oh, movie. yeah, he's yeah. sick. Um, yeah,
0: there's I forgot, I totally the cast is crazy. Donnie Yen is sick in yep. it, like, there's it's sick, dude. Mm-hmm. It's just or so Spishburn, good.
1: Shows um, up. Yeah, all the boys back, Lance Reddick, rest in peace, King. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I want to do a marathon of four and. Because they all pick right up, like, right after each other. So, like, you can just I, I mean, we We out.
0: did, our first episode was John Wick. But yeah. do you think it's time to do the John Wick redo and then do a John Wick month and just talk about all I four think, of them?
1: I think so. I think we should just do that. I think we should.
0: Should we call we'll it now? It should we say February is going to be John Wick month and we're just going to do all of them?
1: Do we have four Sundays and... February oh
0: that's a good question let me look it up pulling up the calendar there might not be
1: because it's uh oh yeah there is there's exactly four so yeah we can are are we stamping that is are we stamping stamping
0: it are we saying this is john we're gonna do the john wick redo uh because it's our first for the first episode we ever did and a lot of those episodes we may eventually redo because we've changed so much as a podcast but uh we could we could definitely do, uh, or maybe we could do the John Wick watch along, uh, and then do episodes for two, three, and four. Um, I don't know. We'll do something, but I guess John Wick month yeah. is coming. Maybe okay, it's February. Let's lock it
1: in for February. A
0: February, we're locking let's, it in. All right, you heard it, it here, folks. It John let's Wick month it. in February, much like last year when we did the Bourne m- movies, we are doing the John Wick movies, revisiting oh, the yeah. first one, which was our first episode, and then we're going to talk about. Uh, chapter two, Parabellum, and Chapter four. Um, great. Okay. Well, now I don't have to plan anything for February. Uh, yeah, so, that I, makes it so easy. <laughs> I guess we'll come back around to more John Wick later. Then. So let's uh, let's yeah. put a cap in this. Um, here's uh, this one's on my list. I mean, it was really an honorable mention, but I, I want to throw it on there. Um, we're we're going a bit over time, so this will be the last one. I know it's not ten, but I mean, we had mm-hmm. some overlap. This is the last one that I really feel like it could be on there. Um, Mm -hmm. Probably one of the best Marvel films that's come out in the last little while, uh, in the last however many years. But I thought Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was just awesome. Um, I think that focusing on Rocket uh, and that somehow made it so much more impactful. Um, I thought that there were genuine moments of emotion in this film that were awesome. That the story was awesome, that the um that it was just a return to form for like mm-hmm. Marvel films, uh and and of uh, James Gunn's last addition to the Marvel cinematic universe. And I thought it was great. Um mm-hmm. and that that's that's pretty much it. I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, it was emotional, it was fun, it was was what you want from a Marvel film. It was a real return to form. So if you, if you didn't watch it because you were like, Oh, I feel like Marvel's really shit in the bed lately, you know, I'm not going to watch any of this stuff because you got pissed off after a bunch of mediocre releases or nothing was speaking to you or whatever. Uh, I would give it a go because I thought it was actually a really good Marvel film and a really good film. Um, and shout out James Gunn. I wish he was, not moving uh, to DC. Well, I don't really care, but it would be nice to have his touch on the MCU because obviously he changed so much through yeah. his guardians of the galaxy. Uh, and, uh, and also just really brought a, a touch of his own weirdness to the MCU. And there's a really pre uh, pre guardians of the galaxy and post guardians of the galaxy vibe that you get in the MCU. Uh, that's all him. Um, so, yeah. uh, you know, uh, I, I I'll throw it on there as a as a nod to all the, uh, all the the um, uh, I guess we talked about Spider Man. Yeah. So that's that's and teenage Ninja uh, Those those are technically heroes. But anyway,
1: um, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. Disney dropped the ball so hard with James Gunn, and uh, yeah, uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed this movie too. I thought it was a nice ending to the you know to that trilogy to that trilogy um it was good definitely the best thing marvel's done marvel films have done post um end game that's for sure and you know that it it's like i said as we constantly say you know this shows what happens when you let a director cook when you let them do what they want and James Gunn, you know, it's kind of an end of an era for him leaving now because who who's left at Marvel? You know, the Russo yeah. brothers are done. He's gone. Like, what the fucker? Who 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 can you really trust? Taika 50 50-50, You know, I still haven't seen Love and Thunder, but people seem to. Not Love and enjoy Thunder
0: it. is is not. It's not. Here's the thing, is that you're following Ragnarok. Which was like a revelatory experience. Yeah. You know, like you you're you know,
1: Harry's which is very much, you know, James Gunn style. Yes. As you mentioned, yes. Um,
0: and and you were never gonna get what you wanted. I don't think it's as bad as people say, but also I know that people are incredibly hyperbolic in their criticisms of of Marvel stuff or franchise stuff. I, I don't think yeah. it's god-awful, but I don't think it's definitely better than or or at least as good as some of the other Thor mm-hmm. movies. Um, yeah. but Ragnarok is a league all of its own. You know, there's there's mm-hmm. it's a totally not only just a great superhero film, but a, just a fantastic film. And it's yeah, you know, so the again uh, you're never going to get that again. That, that was like lightning in a bottle. Um, yeah. Okay, my honorable mentions, I'm just going to run through them. I don't want to... We're we're mm-hmm. going late now. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, this episode always goes late. Yeah. The movie I, episode I I've, always I, I goes I have
0: late. A, we have a little bit of a timer, though. So I, okay. I'm just going to run through these pretty quick. Uh, these all also could have technically... I could have thrown some of these on, but I just... These were like Guardians of the Galaxy... Um and uh, um, Dungeons and Dragons, they were good. I don't know if they would were re- reaching the level of what I would say if I had to pick ten to watch. But I really enjoyed Sam Smith's Leave the World Leave the World Behind on Netflix. It's weird. It's very weird. Um, but I like his brand of weirdness, and I thought it was cool. Plus, love Mahershala, uh, yep. Julia Roberts, Ethan Hawke. Um, and there's some really cool stuff in it. It's a real Again, psychological, cerebral, end-of-the-world thriller. I thought it was great. Talk to Me, we've talked about. I thought it was an incredible mm-hmm. indie horror film. Um, I didn't really dig the ending, but what they managed to do with such a small budget coming from YouTube, um, I want to see what they're doing next, and it's worth watching. Um, it's an Australian independent horror film. Uh, Air, which was uh, Matt Damon and... Um, Ben Affleck returning to writing, uh, and on Amazon prime. I think it's a great film. Uh, it's, if you like sports movies, if you like Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, I thought it was good. I just didn't think it was like, you know, top 10 of the year, in my opinion. Um, but I had a great time watching it. I just rewatched it recently and I enjoyed it again. Uh, Viola Davis is great in it. Uh, and, um, it's just a very, very much, uh, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck type, type beat but it's good. I enjoyed it. Uh, and the last but not least, the equalizer three, um, I'll watch Denzel beat the hell out of anyone. That's pretty much it. (laughs) Nice. Oh yeah. Uh, Uh, the two that I haven't seen that are on the list. Um, well, I've kind of half seen Barbie, but I want to sit down and really watch Barbie. And the other one is maestro. I have not seen maestro yet. Um, but I hear it's really good kind of divisive, but I hear if you like filmmaking, it's a, a real treat. (laughs)
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah, I want to see Maestro. I saw Barbie. It's really good, actually. Um, I'll just list off my uh, honorable mentions, which you, you already mentioned a couple. Uh, John Wick, Chapter 4. Uh, dream Scenario. Nick Cage is awesome in it. It's very funny. Poor Things. Awesome. Georgos Lanthimos. Love him. Um, Emma Stone's great in it. Mark Ruffalo is hilarious in it. It's also beautifully shot. Uh, the Killer. And then May, December. Um, Julianne Moore.
0: Oh yes, I going to watch Portman.
1: that too. Uh it's great again, weird, horny movie, very awkward at times. Um yeah, but very good, you know, similar themes at, uh with Saltburn, but like it's shown in a much different way. Very touches very controversial topics. Um yeah, good good stuff.
0: All right. Television? Television. All right. I feel like we're going to have a lot of overlap here. So why don't I do yeah, yeah, mine, probably. mine first? And yeah, then we'll, you go we'll... first. Okay. So um, TV. Uh, yep. This year I didn't watch as many new shows as I wanted to. And I also ha- have not even started Succession, which I'm sure you're going to talk about. Um, yes. But I will go through the ones that I, 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 want, I, I really enjoyed. Um, first and foremost, I think The Last of Us was incredible um mm-hmm. i finally finished it uh after like i watched like halfway through and then for some reason i never finished it and so i finished it in november or december or something like that um i thought it was probably the best video game adaptation to screen that's ever existed um, mm-hmm. i thought it was incredibly well made i think that episode three um is one of the best episodes of television that i've ever seen um, I think that, that the overall story of it and, and just the bringing to life of the world of the last of us, um, having played the game, I thought they added in the right places. They took away in the right places and it just is a flawless adaptation. Um, I absolutely loved it and I'm so stoked for season two. Uh, I, I don't know if you want to add anything else to it. I, I just HBO's uh, the last of us
1: banger. Yeah the show is awesome the music's amazing um yeah uh i m- mean i was i want to play the uh, last of us part 2 rem- remaster that's coming out right now and i was just thinking i was like i don't really have to replay the first one cuz i just watched the show so i know the story as it's very faithful to the you know it to the series but, you know, like you said, changes, the changes made, I think, are necessary and work and are great. And the, th- yeah, every decision, I thought it was great. Um, yeah. There's I have not no much conflict. else I can say. I mean, I'm not guess, saying it's the yeah, best,
0: best of the year. I'm just saying it was in the top, in my top. I absolutely enjoyed, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was great. Um, the next one is a Marvel show, actually, surprisingly, uh, Loki season two. Um, mm-hmm. starts out a little rough. The first couple episodes, uh, the pacing's really weird. I feel like it used to be more like longer and they had to cut it down. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was tremendous. Uh, and the end of the Loki story was, um, super cool. I think all the, they, this is one of the few, uh, Marvel things dealing with the multiverse that worked really well. Um, I thought that. Jonathan majors, uh, even though he's a, you know, whatever, um, his Victor timely was awesome. I thought that, uh, the whole thing was just, it was fun. It was heartfelt. It was not too long. And the and it was the ending of the story, you know, the, the kind of, uh, the whole thing is about time. The whole thing is about, uh, um, finding purpose, figuring out who you are And for it to end the way that it did for him to find his glorious purpose and make the sacrifice and be the hero was tremendous. And so I wanted to put it on there because I thoroughly enjoyed it. I do think that there are flaws. I think the first two episodes, the pacing is really weird. They're trying to explain a lot very quickly, which is what I feel like might be happening with the new season of True Detective. But we'll talk about that next week. Uh, but, um, but I think they landed the plane in a real big way. I loved Loki season one. It was one of my top shows of the year in 2021 or whenever it came out. Um, and this one also, I just think it is a great sequel season. It's the end of the series as far as I know. So it's like, you know, season one, season two, and there's a lot of parallels, a lot of kind of the, the, all of the stories end and it's. I love that. You know, It's they just did it right. And I like it. And it's Mm -hmm. a a very powerful ending and very emotional. I really liked it. Um, The next one, The Fall of the House of Usher. Um, Mike Flanagan, just on a rip, eh? Um, I loved it. I thought that it was wildly inventive and fun. The kind of retrofitting of the Edgar Allan Poe stories into this, uh, into this, Thing, this Frankenstein's monster of Edgar Allan Poe and Mike Flanagan just being a freak um mm-hmm. I loved it, loved it. I'll watch it again next next Halloween I've Banger. I don't know what. I don't want to give too much away from people who haven't seen it. yeah, uh, I, I haven't
1: seen it either,
0: so but... okay, I don't want to give too much away from it. I will just say I thought it was fun if you liked. I still think his magnum opus is either midnight mass or um. Uh, Haunting of Hill House. Um,
1: yeah, Hill House was phenomenal. But I, but, but this one watch. is up there.
0: This one's up there. Yep. It's it's spooky. It's grimy. There's a lot more like go- gory, fucked up deaths in this one. Um, but it's you know his his usual band of merry misfits, the people from Hill House, uh, and Midnight Mass and Blind Manor and all those people coming together again to tell this story. Um, and it's good. I, I don't know how else to sell it to you. You like spooky TV shows and you're not watching Mike Flanagan TV shows, specifically this one, Midnight Mass and Haunting of Hill House. Check yourself before you wreck yourself because really, really, really good. Um, Absolutely loved it. This next one I highly doubt is on your list, but I thought it was just marvelous. Mm-hmm. Scott Pilgrim takes off. Um, The animated... Yeah sequel to Scott Pilgrim versus the world, uh, the, um, from, um, uh, Brian Lee O'Malley and who was the other director on that? Uh, I don't want to get it wrong. Um, anyway, Scott Pilgrim takes off as an animate is an animated series. Um, uh, uh, it's Edward Edgar Wright and, uh, and, um, Brian Lee O'Malley, directed by Abel—I don't know how to say his last name—Gongora. Um, it is a sequel to the Scott Pilgrim graphic novels as well as the movie. It is—it follows a kind of alternate uh, what-if timeline where something happens that uh, completely changes the outcome of the story. of uh, It's like a reimagining of, um, of, of the story of Scott Pilgrim, uh, while also being a kind of commentary on the original story and the movie and all of these different things. There's so many tongue in cheek references, uh, guests voices, the entire cast from the movie came back. Uh, that's how much they rocked with it. Chris Evans is back. Brie Larson, uh, um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Michael Sierra, Michael Sarah, Jason Schwartzman, everybody, everybody is back and they all get way more screen time. You learn more about them as characters. You learn more about them as the exes. Uh, and you also learn more about, about Scott and, and through this event that happens, Scott is forced to reckon with some of his shortcomings as a person, specifically, the whole, he was dating a high schooler and he treated her like shit. And, um, that's a big part of his kind of like turn towards, uh, being a better Scott is, is coming to terms with, you know, he was kind of a piece of shit to knives chow, which I think, bravo. Excellent. You know, um, very Toronto animation is superb. Uh, the episodes are fun. It keeps the same energy, but tells a whole new story. I mean, you've got Lucas Lee f- literally f- having an aerial fight with the par- paparazzi on his skateboard. You have one of the uh, Brandon Routh's character um, figuring out that, that he is actually gay, and it causes this emotional breakdown, and he breaks up with um, what's her name, um, Envy Adams. Uh, and you have all these knives. Uh, Chow winds up joining Sex Bobaum, and all these things. It's super cool. Uh, And it's kind of a modernization of those graphic novels and that story, but a retelling. uh, And I absolutely loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, And the directing, it was directed by, or not directed by, um, animated by, what's the company? It's a really good company from uh, Science Saru, um, which is an animation studio from Japan. Um and uh, it's just great. The whole thing rules. I don't know what else to sell. sell how else to sell it. If you like Scott Pilgr- Pilgrim, watch it. Yeah. If you like Scott Pilgrim, watch it. If you like the graphic novels, yeah. watch it. If you like the movie,
1: watch it. It's sick. I love the movie, and I love the video game. So I need to watch it. I need to watch the last three you mentioned. Loki, Paul of House of Usher, and Scott Pilgrim. I need to watch all of these. These are all on my list to watch. Nice.
0: Um, the next one is Beef on Netflix. Um, also
1: on my list to watch.
0: Sick. I don't want to give too much away about this one um, because it is the twists in it are kind of the things that make it. But um, an awesome dark comedy series about being at the end of your rope and being angry and being frustrated and how your rage can make put you into very... Strange, unbelievable and dangerous situations all stemming from a road rage incident. Um, and it's also about how much humanity you can see in one another. Um, there's some really, really funny, uh, touching moments in it, but then there are other moments that are going to make you go, "What the What the hell am I watching?" Uh, and I love it. I thought I thought it was excellent. Um, so if you get a chance, if you like watching it, check it out. Uh, the next one is an Apple Plus uh, show, Shrinking. Uh, I mm-hmm. thoroughly enjoyed it. Another dark comedy, Jason Segel, Harrison Ford, about um, what happens when your therapist needs therapy, when your therapist needs help, uh, and yeah. uh, and and to what lengths they will go to to. Uh, help themselves and help other people. And um, very touching, very human, very funny. I thought it was amazing that Harrison Ford was in it. Uh, and I loved his performance. Jason Siegel, back on it as far as comedy. I love his his style of kind of like uh, honest human comedy characters that he played. Like even in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, he's just like a regular guy that's funny. And I love that. Um, yeah. so I loved this show. I thought it was great. Uh, the next one is kunk on earth. Um,
1: Oh yeah. Fuck. I forgot about that.
0: One of the funniest TV shows that I've ever That's watched. Oh, so funny. So fun. Um, if you, especially if you appreciate uh smart British humor, this show will be for you. Um, history, I, history retold through the eyes of a moron uh, or explored yes. through the eyes of an absolute <laughs> moron.
1: Um, yeah. Oh, some of God. the smartest I forgot that came up this year. Some
0: of the smartest writing uh I've mm-hmm. I've I've come across. Um, some of the <laughs> best comedic timing and the deadpan oh delivery God, yeah. of some of the stuff. I'm not even gonna do try and do justice by repeating it because I can't do it as well as she did, but the no. character of Philomena Kunk and and the way that she views the world and, and the absolute asinine things that she says to, yeah. to people who are have spent their lives studying these things. And she just reduces it, that like levels it down with one of the dumbest things you've ever said heard said in your yeah. life is incredible. <laughs> it is marvelous. It is so funny. So if you haven't watched it and you're a fan of British humor, smart humor, you want to laugh and you like history, conk on earth can't recommend it enough banger show oh, that's um, the
1: one line where she's looking at like hieroglyphics on like a wall inside of a cave and she's like to the caveman this was the equivalent to watching the fast and the furious <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh god i love it yeah. oh, it's so good it. um uh, and then for last, of, I picked, I had this one last because I'm sure it's going to bleed into yours. And I also don't mm. want to talk about it too much because I feel like it should be its own episode, considering we did the first season. Uh, yeah. and I finally finished watching this season. It is the bear. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: it's so good. Everyone loves the bear. God
0: damn, dude. God, yeah. This season, what I loved about it is it in many ways it pulls back on i just i peep so loud there uh it pulls back on on the kind of chaos of the first season and allows Mm -hmm. like a lot of growth from all of the characters and a lot more focus on each of the characters like having Richie go to the to, to and the, the mm-hmm. stuff with when he's cleaning the fork and he finds that that like moment of peace and 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 um having the them go to culinary school and having um what's uh, Lionel's character's name Marcus is that right Marcus yeah, yeah go go I, to yeah, I believe so yeah pastry. yeah the baker. yeah um but then also that episode at Christmas is one of the most mentally stressful episodes of TV I've watched.
1: Yeah. Um the, yeah, the same way the first season had that one-shot episode that was just intense. This episode it's intense in a different way. It's emotionally intense. It's intense because of character, but like you were saying, the first season focuses so much on chaos. This one focuses so much on the beauty of building food and food I guess and building, culinary. Yeah. And Stuff and then just the characters. There's, I I feel like I cried so many times at this. Like, you know, the uh, yeah, especially with Richie's character. Just that fucking story arc is beautiful. It's just so beautiful. And and then, you know, the same same with uh, Marcus. You know, him tr- going abroad and learning these things, and. Yeah, there's just so many. Yeah, then that episode—it's so great, and I just love that you can watch these seasons if you have like a full after—not even a full day—you just have a full afternoon available or an evening. Like you could sit down and watch a whole season in a oh, single yeah. sitting, and, and it's I'm like lo- four hours. Yeah, I
0: think I, lo- I love yeah. the fact that it's the episodes are short. I mean, everything about the first season. As far as like filmmaking, television making Mm -hmm. is on the same level. Like it's, it's just excellent, but the choices in story, the performances, Jamie Lee Curtis, um, Bob Odenkirk, all the guest people that come in. Maddie
1: Matheson.
0: Well, Maddie Matheson.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's just amazing in it. uh, But like the guests, like Olivia Colman, like what the fuck?
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's gnarly the 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 kind of supporting cast, but then also just loving that you get time with everybody. Um, um, I can never say her name right. Is, is it? Um,
1: Ayo Edabiri.
0: Yeah, Ayo Edabiri. Um, amazing. Everything about this is like what you, you know, when I finished the first season and was like, I can't wait for season two I don't know if I envisioned that this is what it was going to be, but I'm so glad it is like Mm -hmm. it. It, it, takes a totally different kind of thematic path while also revisiting some of the things from the first season that, that really made like the tension, the high level of working in a kitchen, but also the family stuff and the family dynamic. That Christmas episode Mm -hmm. is incredible. And the last episode when they lock him in the, or when he gets locked in the, the, um, the, the oh, freezer walk in freezer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Freezer. And that whole yeah. thing and coming to terms with his, like uh his problems and his mismanagement and his flaws and just everything. It, it just masterful TV making, just absolute almost perfection. I don't like to say anything's perfect, but to me, I just, I, I watched it and was like, yeah, this is, this is, Everything I wanted in more.
1: Yeah. The show has been perfect. Two seasons perfect.
0: There's not much else you can say. It's it's, it's it's they it's incredible. And I remember, do you remember many moons ago when I had finished the first season and you had not watched it yet? And I said there is a scene in season one that is going to solidify Jeremy Allen White in Hollywood forever because yeah. that guy can act. And I was talking about the monologue and now yeah. I, I was right, baby. Look at the, Look at him go. And um, I can't wait to see where he goes. I can't wait to see everybody in this show is incredible. I think I can't wait to see where, where like Lionel, like from odd future, from odd future, yeah. from loiter squad. And he's, he's making me messed up, you know, like, god damn i love it god you love to see it jeez go watch the season two of the bear um Mm -hmm. there might be some other things that you bring up uh that that i'll i'll agree with but that's where i'm gonna end it on mine because we are coming up on two hours so you want to run through your um your favorites in tv Uh,
1: yeah so i'll start off with this one because it came out right at the end of last year and i only just finished the series now but atlantis season four was amazing and particularly the very first episode in which uh albert paperboy uh so donald glover's character or cousin in the show donald glover plays earn uh brian tyree henry plays albert and he goes the this rapper dies and he goes on like a quest Like he starts noticing like clues in his songs and it's based on MF doom. But then on the, in the show, the rapper doing the rapping is Earl sweatshirt. And so there's like an EP of Earl sweatshirt songs inside of Atlanta. And it's like my favorite thing. And just the layers, I mean, the show itself is just amazing. Um, But I just wanted to say that because I literally just finished it like this week. But that episode in particular, so good. Uh,
0: Yeah, Atlanta is another just absolute smacker show. um, And season four was great. Did we talk about it at the end of the year last year? I don't know if we did because we didn't watch it. But season four was an excellent final season. I thought Atlanta Mm -hmm. just in general was great. That could easily have been on my list, but I wasn't thinking about it because it came out way back then but yeah, yeah good good call and speaking of rappers with tv shows oh and staples the Vin staples show is starting in february i'm very excited but i forgot to the mention another tv show that i loved season three that happened this year dave um ah, yeah little dicky show Dickie. Um, nice. great show all three seasons are great uh, I don't know if I would put it on, on, on like the best of the year, but if you like Atlanta, you like that kind of stuff. Season three of Dave was really good. And there's a gr- there's a couple of amazing scenes. Um, one of which that I absolutely love is him and Jack Harlow getting into it at the Grammys or something. And I can't remember what award show he's at, but but Jack Harlow's like, smells like bitch in here. They're like arguing with each other quietly. It's really funny. Um, yeah it's uh i I thought season three of Dave was great too so if you like Atlanta and you're excited for Vince Staples show but you haven't watched Dave Dave is in the same vein bit different humor a little bit more curb your enthusiasm kind of you know um uh uh well little Dicky humor if you've if you've ever listened to little Dicky mm-hmm. um but it's it's good it's really well made really cool sorry continue i just that made me okay. think
1: of it. No, no, all good. Uh, this one's a comfort show watch of mine, as uh next to these next two really are um, all together. Uh, but this first one, Barbecue Showdown on Netflix. I just love barbecue competition shows, particularly this one, just because they cook barbecue in weird ways, and I really like the casts of the two seasons. There's just a, it's just a very wholesome show. You know, a lot of competition shows. Get you know that focuses on dumb shit. This show is just about very wholesome people making good barbecue, and I love it. I love to see it. And then similar vein, but and technically I guess not a TV show anymore. But fuck, that's delicious. And the in studio show spinoff, you know, Action Bronson's still putting them out, so technically it's I'll still consider it a show. But I I will. I watched that and I forget if you think he puts episodes out every Monday, but I, I watch, I wait for those every Monday and I just love action Bronson. Um, yeah. I love that good. man in my life. I, I feel
0: like when um, he first started doing them, it was, it wasn't because it was like during the pandemic and it was all like yeah. him at the gym and stuff like that. But now that he's like doing the, all the stuff that he did in the summer in, in Paris yeah. and, some Paris people have episodes popped up. are great you know, mayhems popped up yep. and bodies popped yeah. up and owls popped up and and amine was in an episode and clovis yep. is there with him in france now it's really getting getting good now it's getting back yeah, to the
1: core it's i like it a lot yeah
0: here. i mean i'm doing the same thing watching every week so
1: yeah and i like the in studio stuff too where he's bringing chefs in and he's just and watching him cook and just seeing how his mind works because like what's the reason what he did making fucking rice krispies i was like what the fuck how would you think of that what the fuck kind of wild food brain do you have that's crazy but yeah love action bronson man love that yeah like you said the show is kind of returning to form kind of returning to what everyone liked about it it wasn't so much it wasn't as much as the food as it is about the people which is you know that was anthony bourdain's whole thing you know it's yeah. about the people um yeah all right what's next uh, next, uh, just the greatest running comedy, I think, for 15 nearly 20 years now. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. I love it. The show still finds ways to be so cringy, edgy, but not stupid and annoying, but just commentary on things from the worst perspective possible, but being funny. It's a good way <laughs> of putting it. Every every way it's Seinfeld if they were on meth like if if everyone in Seinfeld was had a drug problem that's what this show really is and it's so good everyone's great and if the cast is amazing and just the long-term storytelling that they've done across 16 seasons is insane Um, particularly the episode in this season where they get cursed and dennis has to bury his wife who you know he's suspectedly murdered in a pet cemetery because she converted to being a cat it's just one of the wildest things ever um <laughs> <laughs> i haven't i haven't watched any of the new season that i will
0: that makes me want to uh to yeah. check it out i love it's always so yep. uh
1: what's next um, uh Another crazy show that is just constantly just doing the dumbest shit possible. The Eric Andre show, the sixth season was awesome. Oh my God. Yes. Uh, I should have put that on my list too. I don't know how he fucking does it. How? Because now, like, everyone knows what the show is now. Like, the first season two seasons three seasons maybe he was getting away with shit because people legitimately didn't know what they were getting into now they know people know who eric andre is he is a known person but the fact that people still subject themselves to this and he still finds ways to fuck with people in ways that you're just like what the fuck is it dude the chet
0: hanks episode made me lose my (laughs) mind this the what is it the energy drink that's like, yeah, segregated or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> I, I totally. was watching it, just being like jaw on the floor, but laughing. I was like, this is insane, Um, banger, banger. Yes, I forgot yeah. that came out this year. Eric Andre show bird up.
1: Um, you Absolutely. know, Eric Andre is important to the origins of this podcast. So, Absolutely. You know. Uh, Elron Ron Hoyabembe. Um, all right. Uh, what's next? Turn that piss into wine. Exactly. Um, next, uh, a show I love. I love everything Danny McBride's been doing. Um, Eastbound and Down is one of the greatest shows of all time. Vice Principals is so fucking funny. It really flew under the radar. But, uh, Danny McBride and Walton Goggins are a fucking comedy fucking dynamite team and they continued it with righteous gemstones which the third season was this year which it is just so fucking funny the you know how it's just absurdity and so insane and if you love danny mcbride you'll love it but what's great about this season and this show is that i know people that don't like danny mcbride and they don't like his style of humor but this show has such a large ensemble cast, and it's so stupid in so many different ways. And you know, and it's he's not the main focus. Like he's it's focusing on his entire family. And it's kind of funny because I was watching this show and Secession at the same time, and it's kind of like the uh, unit, like the comedy and tragedy version of each other. And it's just really funny. And if you think evangelicals are stupid people, that deserves bad things to happen, you should watch this show. But fair it, it's enough. I haven't so I haven't watched it. it.
0: Uh but it's on my list and I will definitely check it out. Um especially when I saw Walton Goggins was on it. Because I watched some of oh, Vice so Principles funny. and it was really funny. So yeah. um uh all right what's what's uh, what's okay. next?
1: Okay, I got a couple left. Um next one is Barry, the fourth season, the final season of Barry. Um Bill haters style of like such dark humor is so perfect i love bill hader and i want to see him like do like a movie or another show in which he has this much creative control because this one was just beautiful his acting he's such a fucking good actor and this show this the second half of the season went to a spot i didn't think it went in such a direction i was not expecting and pulled out of it in such a fucking just dark way and it's just so fucking good um I, the lead actress's name i don't know her name but she's amazing henry winkler's amazing um what's his name anthony corrigan Carrigan, the bald guy he's amazing that everything the show is so and then yeah it's the cinematography in it there's some long takes in this show that are fucking amazing um and Bill Burr, or not Bill Burr, Bill Hader, I'm pretty sure, wrote and directed every episode, and it's fucking amazing.
0: I'm, I'm, uh, it's been on my list for a long time. He's actually shown up in a couple film podcasts I listen to.
1: Um, he's a big, big, big
0: movie guy like us. Oh yeah, uh, and yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been really interested, and I was waiting for it to end, and I totally forgot that it ended. And uh, it's on my list, um, I think, on crave of what to watch. I just have my cravings. I just haven't started it, and I know how good yep. it is. I've heard nothing but good things from you and other people. I can't wait to dive in it, and I'm glad to hear that it ended in a way that you loved because you know we yep. have a relatively similar taste on most things and uh, and so I'm excited to get into it. What's next on your
1: list uh next um The greatest sketch comedy show in such a long time i think you should leave with tim robinson the third season was just continuing you know just a perfect string of just stupidity just uh as you can tell i like when people are i find my fit my style of comedy is when people are wrong um i've realized that just now saying all of these comedies in a row it's when people are incredibly wrong and that's the crux of this show that is what every sketch is is when somebody's doing something so absurdly wrong in the face of you know just regular people and just just yeah there's so many great sketches like the zip line sketch the uh, drive through the, sh- the drive through. Oh my god, that <laughs> one's amazing. The Shirt Brothers one, just yeah. because it gets a tur- you get a turnstile song. What the fuck? Um, uh, shit, I I'm blanking right now, and I'm just trying to remember which ones were in which specific season. But yeah, there's just yeah, this show's great. Um, Yeah, I think you should leave. I look forward, and like you can just crush episodes and like sittings it, it's yeah. amazing yeah um, um
0: all right uh how many left two left
1: all right hit him hit um, me i mean i know what one so, of them is so yeah 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 so the uh so yeah uh so first uh how to with john wilson i've talked about this show so much on oh, this uh, podcast show. uh i just love how his approach to documentary to his approach of storytelling to his fly on the wall perspective on things is unique it is charming at times it is fucking beyond strange at times and the fact that this is the real world and that exists next to you there's particular is the is the the season where he goes to the the guy who has
0: the silo that's this season right or was that? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, that's the season. Yeah, and then
0: he, the the way that that you you're watching it and you're like, this is you, you get kind of lulled into thinking that it's fake, and then there's like yeah. moments that snap you back to the like, no, this is real because the kid comes in and he's like, look, yeah. he's doing an HBO show on my on my uh, on my silo and whatever, and then it's really like yeah. not about that at all. But
1: yeah, no. <laughs> Wild. yeah, Love that the show. Epi- yeah, the episode about people that cryo-freeze themselves is insane just because a dude's just talking and what he starts talking about is insane. Um, The final episode, which directly touches on what you just said, is like it. it's an episode about like people keep saying this show is fake. And then it does this such a cool, you know, blends... Fiction and documentary, and it's just uh, it was the last season, and um, apparently John Wilson has another show in the works with Nathan Fielder already. Um, yeah, that was that show this year that Nathan, where that was that was last year, right? With the, Nathan Fielder, the what's it called the, uh the, the, fun, the one where he like creates the, the simulations, whatever. I'm pretty sure that was last year, right?
0: Either way, that show's great too. anything that they're doing, like I didn't see the curse um but right. I pretty much everything Nathan fielder's doing and like how to is amazing um mm. I just b- hard back all of all of it. I think it's
1: i can't I can't remember what the name of that show is um I'm blanking on it too. I'm looking it up right now uh the rehearsal, okay, no, yeah, the, the rehearsal, rehearsal was yeah. last year, okay, so we talked about it last year, sorry. But uh, yeah, if you enjoy how if you enjoy the rehearsal, if you enjoy Nathan Fielder stuff, check out How to with John Wilson. It's the only thing sort of comparable to what like Nathan Fielder does because it's real, but it's just like strange. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it's just up to watch nuts. it. Yeah, and then obviously number one, uh, the final season of Secession was just probably the. Gr- one of the best seasons of television ever i would put it up there with true detective season 1 fargo season 1 twin peaks the return um it is just fucking amazing how everything in the previous 3 seasons comes back in ways you could never fucking think of the acting from everybody everybody is giving the best fucking performances ever. Brian Cox is amazing. Jeremy strong is amazing. Kieran Culkin does some of the craziest shit his character over this show has been like a dark horse, but then all of it comes together in this final season in such a beautiful way. And then the ending is just the most perfect, like Shakespearean tragedy it is just. It is really. This show is a modern day Shakespeare, and it's just the best written show on television in the past couple of years. The best acted show. The yeah, just oh, it. I, and this yeah. reminds me that I need to watch Secession.
0: That's another one that I was yeah. waiting for it to be over so that I could watch it all. And, yeah, well it's over and it's now. It's over now. So you know what? I'm going to get on that one uh right away as well. Um because I'm almost done what I'm watching now and I've got some uh some great suggestions here. I, there's so many things out, man, and there's so many things mm-hmm. that came this year. Um but I know I've heard only good things about Succession spe- specifically the last season, but all of it, that all of it was um yeah, incredible. So so, you know, expect some more conversations about Barry and, and secession and some of the shows that we mentioned uh, in this episode throughout the year as we both catch up on things. Also, Kieran Culkin back as, uh, as Wallace, as uh, Scott's gay and roommate Scott Pilgrim, and then yeah. Scott Pilgrim takes off and he has a right. whole arc himself and it's good. He does a great job. Um, all right. We've gone pretty, pretty late uh so why don't we come back next week we're gonna do a lazy bird uh and then i don't know if we have another weekend or we're just gonna go right into the john wick uh
1: no it'll be we'll do we'll save the 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 bird stuff like the the eggs wings cages for next week and do a lazy bird and then i'm sure there's going to be stuff that we forgot and i'm sure we'll discuss that as well we'll T- touch on some other things and then yeah then we'll just get right into the john wick month and just go crazy I like that yeah just fucking a perfect action franchise i would say and uh yeah we'll see how that goes and that works for that works for
0: me too because it gives us a bit of time to pad out march and april and come up with some really cool stuff to do and i love john wick so you know what we'll take it back to where the podcast started uh mm-hmm. after after making it this far uh and we'll we'll redo John Wick 1 and and maybe we'll even do a watch along or something I don't know and then uh
1: and we then, should we should try and do a watch along since we've already done like an episode for the first one we'll should do a watch along for that do one i can do and then we'll can. just do a standard episode on the other three
0: i think i think it's set in stone now um all right okay, well, we'll uh we will be back next week with our 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 uh, wins, losses, goals for this year, a look back on 2023, plus some updates on stuff that we've been watching and listening to and playing. Uh, I just got Xbox Game Pass, so I've been playing some Xbox games that I haven't got a chance to that I definitely want to talk about. Um, and there's been some great music releases and a bunch of other stuff. So we will come back for a Lazy Bird before we will, we launch into Wick month. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, if we, if you want to add anything, if you want to agree, disagree, give some suggestions, um, um, share with us some, uh, cool trivia or, or information that we didn't know, or you want to think, tell us we're both have great taste, or you want to tell us we both are just awful, whatever, just hit us in, uh, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm at
1: Palm Reader, P-A-L-M-R-E-A-D-R. Where can they find you? Uh. Follow me on Instagram as well. And Letterboxd, both Odris Morris, Dude. And um, yeah, the live comedy show, Dive Bar, every Sunday 9pm, free. Uh, come on out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you can still stream Stranger Days on all streaming platforms. Um, and, uh, you know, working on some shows, working on music video, getting music video together, all that good, good. Uh, and uh, you can like uh, and and follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. You can uh, interact with us in the interact box down below of this episode, or you can send us an email at birdprotocol.gmail.com if you want to get involved or you want to get in touch or whatever. All right. So that was, that was our bird report for 2023. Um, last episode, we did music and video games. We did movies and TV. It's a long episode. Thanks for rocking with us. Thanks for rocking with us in 2023. We'll be back next week to kind of wrap up and look back on the year and uh, talk about what we've been doing lately before we get into uh, into Wick mode, baby.
1: Hell yeah. WIC man. Wick I Summon man. the Wick man. Hell
0: yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess that's it. Initiate the protocol. Peace.
1: Hell yeah. Peace out, brother.